Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer. After decades of raising a family and building a career, I've decided to chase my dream and get my doctorate. With incredible encouragement from my wife, I'm headed back to school in my 50s. Join me on my journey as I try and find the balance between family, career, and school while obtaining my golden PhD. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about measuring my effectiveness in week two. Hey, welcome uh, today. Today, it's I finished my second week of school. I got some grades back, which is great. I'm learning how much time things are taking, and they're taking way, way too much time. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. First, I got an A on my first paper. I'm so excited about that. I spent about 20 hours on my first paper. I spent way too much time on that paper, I guarantee you. But this was my first paper, trying to get back into the swing of things on how to do school, how to do academic research and academic writing. These are new things for me. Um, So uh, my professor gave me some great feedback on what I can do to make things better. Uh, So um, I'm, I'm off to a good start. But I do know... I spent way too much time on that. I am going to start picking up another class here in a couple weeks. So I can't take that much time on both classes. That's just not going to work. So I got to figure some things out still. So let's talk about this week's assignments. It was a lot. Let's just put it that way. There was a research paper on innovation uh, process management. Um, It was five to seven pages. Um, I had to... um, learn about what the innovation process was, innovation management process was, uh, what the difference is between some terms there, which I'm going to talk about. And um, I had to have 10 sources on this. So there was a lot of reading, a lot of learning, and then the research paper. It took me about five five to six hours once I started writing the paper. I got to figure out how to do that much faster. Now, something I'm good at, something I do in my job every day, and I'm used to his PowerPoint presentations. So I had to do a five to seven uh, slide PowerPoint presentation based off of my paper. That only took me about an hour and a half. So I was able to whip that out pretty quick. Um, it had to have animations and the whole thing. So if I didn't have to add the animations, I probably could have got out a little bit faster, but I wanted to make it look nice. You can actually look at my presentation. It is up on my blog. You can download it, play around with it, do whatever you want with it. So, and then to top it all off, I had another thing to do, a two to three page um, paper comparing one of the innovation frameworks and how I would use it to do um, research um, and how, how it's used in the industry as a whole. So a lot of work, I would say um, I'm averaging probably, I don't know, I'm averaging probably an hour a page. So last week, um, as far as writing time, it was about 10 hours, research time, another 10 hours. So I'm up to, it's 20 hours a week. Um, so it's still a lot of work. Um, I, I find the time early in the morning and late at night and, uh, hopefully not too late at night. Uh, I went back and read some stuff where I was falling asleep writing. Um, I'm glad I caught it before I handed it in. Let's just put it that way. But hey, some things I learned this week. I learned some interesting things. The difference between innovation and invention. 
And I thought I knew what the differences were, but I actually learned quite a bit around here. One way to look at it is one of the greatest inventors of all time is um, Tesla. And we know his name primarily because of Elon Musk. Uh, but Nikolai Tesla was a very intelligent man. And he was really, he formed a lot of the electrical engineering theories that we use today. Um, and he created a lot of inventions. But there was another man, his nemesis, as we've probably heard, which was Thomas Edison. Now, Thomas Edison wasn't an inventor as much as he was an innovator. And I learned the difference between the two. An innovator can really take an idea and really find a marketplace for it. Um, they can find what the problems are and take inventions and um, have those inventions help solve those problems, whether they're tweaking the um, invention or making adaptations to the invention. Um, that's where real innovation happens when it's widely adopted. Uh, we see that with Thomas Edison with the light bulb, right? He did not invent the light bulb. He innovated the light bulb. He made it so that it was usable by the masses. And that's, that's where he really became that great innovator that we know of. And we know Tesla's name primarily because Elon Musk named his comp company after Tesla. Many uh, people like myself that was an electrical engineer, computer scientist, know Tesla's name because we study a lot of um, his inventions and his theories that uh, he came up with. Now, another more modern one that we should all know is Wozniak. Steve Wozniak was the inventor of the Apple IIe. He invented it. He was the technical guy behind it. But without Steve Jobs, and these were not nemesis. These were friends, and they worked together, even though I think it'd be really hard to be a friend of Steve Jobs. He was known to be kind of a tyrant a little bit. Um, he was a great innovator. He took inventions that Steve Wozniak came up with, and he took it to the masses. He knew how to create solutions to problems that people didn't even understand they had at the time. So I thought this was a great contrast, these, these great inventors and innovators, um, and compare and contrast them together. To me, this was very insightful. I learned something valuable. Now, I also learned that there's innovation um, process that exists in companies, and they have changed over the years. Um, the first ones came out in the 1950s, and it was a technology push kind of uh, innovation where we put technology out there and kind of pushed it to the masses. Um, so it was most definitely caused primarily after World War II. There was a lot of invention and innovation happening in World War II. Um, and also the beginning of the space race. This was a big deal. Push technology out, people will start buying it. Then we started changing things in the 60s and 70s with a market pool. Now the markets were mature enough uh, where they were creating the demand. Um, and then technology had to fill that gap. So it kind of um, pulled things around a little bit. You still had a little bit of technology push, but it's mo mostly a market pool where the market was driving new innovation. And then we get a coupling model, right? 
And this is where the two are, are joined together uh, to really drive a more adoption of, of new innovation, such as at the end of this era, the 1970s and 1980s, the personal computer. And computing uh, was starting to become a big deal there. Then we moved into like an interactive model. So now marketing and R&D would now work together in creating innovation, right? This is when the Apple IIe, when Apple really started um, coming out in the 1980s uh, to 90s, right? More interactive, more collaborative work with R&D folks and the marketing folks, um, really not just uh, sharing ideas, but working together on things. And then a network model emerged in the 1990s to 2000s. This is really because of the beginning of the adoption of the internet. And at that time in the network model, this is where universities and um, businesses were starting to work together and create these networks. And at the time, it was mostly email and FTP sites that were sharing information back and forth. But no longer was innovation just limited to inside your own company. Um, universities and companies were starting to collaborate and build innovation outside of the normal walls of the corporation. And then in 2000, with the complete adoption of um, the internet and new technologies and distributed innovation, distributed sharing, collaboration tools, we're in what we call today open innovation. And this open innovation is actually really exciting. Uh, the, the walls that uh, constrained innovation in the past are now gone. Uh, corporations actually build models that rely on crowdsourcing, open source, uh, to create new innovation to actually drive new product offerings and also new ways of, de of delivering products. Uh, we have companies, we have um, hospitality companies that don't own any real estate. That's amazing. Who would have ever thought? There's new opportunities, new ways to de delivering services that we've never seen before. So what did I learn? I learned a lot of really cool things about innovation and invention. But I also learned that I'm taking about an hour a page um, to write my text. This is after I've done my research. Um, I've got to speed that up a lot. I also learned that dropping my citations into the paper first is saving me time. I also create a folder um, for each assignment and drop the actual documents in that folder so I'm not hunting and pecking for them once I've quoted them. I can always go back and, and uh, read things up. I need to speed up my writing process. Maybe in week three, I'll figure something out there. The week three assignment's a big one as well. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'll be able to handle two concurrent classes at the same time. I'm going to find that out um, by week four. Um, at the starting of week five, I'm going to know uh, for sure uh, whether I can handle two classes at the same time. Um, I do my best writing from 5 a.m. to around 7, uh, 6.30 a.m. time frame. Um, it's quiet in the house. No one's bothering me, and I can just focus and get things done. And then um, I am leveraging what I do um, in school for work, uh, like the innovation paper. I will be doing that on my other podcast, which is called Embracing Digital Transformation. You should check it out. 
Um, I've been doing that for almost a year now. Um, and we talk about in that podcast um, how to manage embracing digital transformation across uh, your organization. So take a look at my other podcast and look for that um, innovation process management in the Embracing Transformation uh, podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week. This week was, um, I learned quite a bit. I've got to speed things up. That would be the number one thing I take away from this. Thank you for listening to Golden PhD today. I hope you liked the episode. If you did, give us five stars on your favorite podcast site and then subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, you can find out more information about Golden PhD at goldenphd.org. Until next week, go out and chase your own golden dreams.